last week we talked about a couple of things. I just wanted to like kind of just remind us to get it in us to uh, evaluate our worldviews and recognize um, what man, and we said male or female, what memories, what meditations or methods are stifling our growth. Right, so we said we're going to evaluate our worldviews. That's repetitions, information, authoritative voices in our environments, but that's including the people around us, the things that we meditate on, memories, and um, different methods. Or and, w- and when you hear methods, it's you know we all have our idiosyncrasies, or uh, we, and sometimes we don't even know why we think the way we think about certain things. You know how you 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 could say to yourself, well. What I try to do is prepare for the worst, so if it happens, I'm ready for it. You know, so that's a, a worldview that that you could pick up, or a lot of people pick up, and and it's understandable, especially when a lot of craziness happen in your life. But if if we don't renew our mind, we don't realize because of the power that we have, we're actually introducing possibilities that wouldn't have existed if we didn't focus on the worst case scenario. So we actually introduced it into our situation. And then when it comes to past, we like, see, I told you I was ready. No, you actually told us because <laughs> um, you actually introduced it as a possibility. All right. And so, so we talked about that. And then we talked about the key to understand this brokenness. So allowing ourselves to be broken down from how we thought. So when I come into this life, I come into this life and I, I've established myself based on uh, authoritative voices. So who did I trust? And authoritative voices don't have to be uh, moms and dads. It doesn't even have to be bosses. It could be friends. It could be who's in your ear that you, re, you value or respect. Or sometimes you uh, admire. You know, people that, who you admire or who influences you, even from afar, can become your authority. You know, it could be stars, athletes, it could be rappers. You know, you, you hear something and now you, oh, that sounds sweet. So I'm going to live based on something that sounds good. And then uh, repetitious information. What are you allowing yourself to hear over and over and over again? If you hang around a bunch of players, you're going to hear the philosophy of a player over and over and over again. You hang around the fearful, you're going to hear how the fearful operates over and over and over. You hang around the desperate or or those that have never had anything and don't expect anything, so you're going to hear scarcity. You know, see, you should probably don't want to do this. Hey, hey, I don't want to take a chance to do that because that's your repetitious information. It's not uh, if you hang around a bunch of people that uh, plan to go to Harvard or Yale, you're going to hear a lot of uh, philosophies, intellect. People are going to use uh, bigger words than necessary sometimes. Uh, but, but their whole value is what degrees they have. Uh, I'm not saying don't get degrees. I'm not saying having a degree has no value. I'm saying that's what you're going to hear. You hang around people who are, who are more blue collar, uh, well, you know, education is not important. You hang around people that are... Uh, now, now take this respectfully, but this is something, this is just uh, a, a, a title that people have called this particular person. You hang around bleeding hearts, they'll never confront anything and everything is all good and it's always, well, you got to understand, well, you got to understand. So they're not challenging people to grow beyond that level because they would rather be liked and supportive. And if they challenge the level someone's at, they have to, in themselves, be willing to challenge what they're doing. And so sometimes you kind of excuse things because then you don't, you know, you want to be excused. So, so, so again, I'm not saying that those are, that's a perspective. That's not everybody. might not be a thousand people. I'm just saying all these things are worldviews, idiosyncrasies, why people uh, flow the way they do. Some people have never tried to learn. Because they've already justified, well, this is, this is my, my plateau of learning. I can only learn this far. And now from that point on, 
they've 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 excused or got around uh, more understanding. Not because they evil. People aren't evil. Um, sometimes somebody, everybody in their life told them they were stupid. Or you'll never be able to do this. And if they, that's an authoritative voice. They believed it. So now anytime somebody challenged them with something new, they go, if this wasn't introduced to me at the level when I was learning, then I'm not even trying to do it. It's too late now. I have a very close person that was in my life. They're, they're no longer living now. And when I sat down and talked to them, they said, uh, you know, it's too late now. My life is over. And I remember making this thing. Well, I'll be transparent. This was uh, my mom. We were talking. And she says, it's too late now. She says, uh, it's over. I said, well, mom, we can just start from here. Like, I mean, we can't go back in time. I get it. You know, um, can't take back. Well, let's just start from here. You know, and, uh, and it was kind of hard for her to wrap her mind around it because she felt that, she said, listen, I don't, I checked out a long time ago. And so I'm saying all those things because at each stage, right, we have to challenge ourselves to stretch beyond what we know or, or the things that we're used to, all right? Because we're always evolving. The easiest thing to do is to is to stay stuck in, in 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 what we've learned up to this point or what we know up to this point. That makes sense. All right. So with that being said, so so again, it's kind of a a review of some things we talked about. Let's go to First Corinthians nine. First Corinthians nine. Scripture I I like a lot. So 1 Corinthians 9, and we're going to read verses 26 and 27. Now, remember last week we talked about uh, you have if at 211 degrees, there's hot water, but at 212 degrees, it's boiling water. One degree difference. So same thing with our understanding. You can maximize a certain level of understanding and have convinced yourself, I know all there is to know. And you can step, take one step beyond or open yourself up one more time for something that you didn't know before. And your whole way of looking at life could change. Just one more degree, your whole level of life. And, and, and I learned that degrees are important. Um, I have a friend. He's a pilot. Uh, he flies around the world. And so, when he, so he went through stages. So one of the first stages, uh, he just got his degree. And I remember when he got his degree, at, he was at Ohio State. He was like, man, got my degree. And then he was dejected because he wasn't flying. <laughs> then, you know, just because he had a degree, they weren't going to let him fly. Then he had to go to, uh, they had him doing flight instruction. He had to get a certain amount of hours. So he would take us up on planes. So he's in a plane. And, and I've told this story before, but he's, He's going through all his instruments. You know, check, check, check. And I was like, so, 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 you got to do that every time you get in a plane? He said, every time. He said, let me explain to you. He said, because if a car breaks down, you can pull over to the side of the road. He says, if a plane breaks down, you can't pull, it over, pull over to the side of a cloud. <laughs> he said, you're going to die. He said, so every time I get in this plane, I got to hit these checks. He said, one of the well-known wealthy people that's how they crashed their plane you know they drinking hanging out they like man what's the big deal well they didn't check the landing gear which was not working they would have found that out before they got up in the air so the other thing he did was he was turning the you can call it autopilot or whatever he was turning the number he was turning to numbers and I said, so, so what that number represents he says this number from this point is going to get us to where we're going he says if I put it on autopilot this, this number, let's say it's 212. 212 is going to get us to New York. So I'm from New Jersey. I was like, well, so that means uh, if you turn it to 211, that's going to get us to New Jersey. He said, no, no. He said, listen, let me tell you how this thing works. He says, like a highway in the sky. He said, you could be one degree off. And from this point, one degree off could put you in enemy territory. You could be going on vacation and get shot down. One degree. So degrees are important, but we live life where we try to override the little details. Even though the Bible in Ephesians 5.15 tells us to walk circumspectly, tells us to be intentional, 
Ephesians 5.16 says, redeem the time, maximize every moment. So we have to understand some things to be detailed, to pay attention to every nook and every cranny. But you know how you live when you're coming up, especially when I was young, and, and coaches be like, okay, you got to, you know, toe, knee, elbow, reaching the neck. Toe, knee. Man, come on, man. Let's give me the ball, man. Let me just shoot around. You know, I didn't want to do the details. You know, like, come down. Bradley. Bounce pass. My coaches always tell me bounce pass. Fake up, pass down. So I'd be in the game. We come down, throw a pass. Guy dunks. The crowd goes wild. We all excited. I hear somebody yelling, Bradley! Bradley! What should that have been? Bounce pass. Coach Bounce shut up. Bounce pass. You know, that's what I was thinking, but he was right. He was training me to be detailed. To be detailed without thinking about it. Remember we talked about last week, your, your conscious and how when you first change or agree to do something that's meant to ascend, your life's not going to change because you agree to change. You got to, what you agree to, you got to do over and over and over until it becomes your default. Even if you could, my old little psychology background, but even if you, you what happens is you, you almost build it up in your mind where it floods your, your, your conscious spills over into your subconscious and they break it down you know the front lobe and all that stuff where it pushes it back into that default part of you to where you don't even think about it. so even scientifically because you've done it over and over and over you now you've changed your mind but you got to be detailed and consistent at it you can't just visit it you got to live there does that make sense all right so let's let's with that in mind first corinthians 9:26. It says, I therefore, this is King James Version. It says, I therefore so run, right? So, so, so I'm, 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 I'm active in what I'm doing in my life, not as uncertainly. So fight I, not as one that beateth the air. So this person, Paul saying, he says, he says, I'm running, you know, I'm running this race, I'm, I'm making this effort to live life. He says, but not as uncertain. I, I'm, I'm, I'm intentional even in my, my acceleration. He says, and I'm fighting to get to every level that I need to get to my life. He says, but not as one that beateth the air. Remember, it's just not as a shadow boxer where I'm, throwing, I'm punching, but I, it's just, I mean, I'm not making contact. He says, he says every, every step I take, every move I make, I'm making contact. Even though I'm accelerating at a rapid pace, I'm not wasting moments, wasting time, wasting minutes, wasting exchanges. Everything that I do is gaining a grip for me to move closer and closer to what's going to fulfill me in my life. Right? That's what he's saying here. And then it says, look, look, it says, now this is how he's, he's able to do this, verse 27. He says, but I keep my body under. So we, we uh, 1 Thessalonians tells us that with that, uh, Paul said, I pray that you sanctify your body, holy spirit, soul, and body. So, so we are, we are a spirit. That's who we are. God's, we made in God's image after God's likeness, Genesis 1. It says, but we have a soul. Now, now within that soul uh, houses your mind, your will, your emotions, your intellect, your imagination. That's within your soul. That's your choice station, where you make your choices at. Right? It says, but you, you live in this physical body. That's where we live. Most of us spend all of our attention on our physical body. Probably before you got out the house today, you spent all your attention on your physical body. Right? But, but you're, the essential part of you, you can't see. Yeah, just like your heart, you can't see it, but we don't get in the mirror and go, ah, you ain't never seen a heart like this. What? What? I put some long eyebrows on this heart. Yeah, we don't, we don't roll like that, you know. But, but, but you can't see it, but let your heart stop. Right? Your face can stop moving, but you're still going to be living. Right? right? You understand what I'm saying? So, so here we have this, 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 this soul man, right? This, this part of our soul. But this body or our flesh normally gets us in trouble. Like, like a lot of times you've been in trouble, it's, you know, it, it's, it could be eating, it could be running your mouth, it could be lazy. You know, that's that body. But, but Paul said... I keep my body under. He says, I bring it into subjection. Lest, 
that by any means when I have preached to others, I myself should be a castaway. I'm going to give you two, two other versions of that scripture. The Amplifier says this. It says, therefore, I do not run without a definite goal. It says, I do not flail around like one beating the air, just shadow boxing. But like a boxer, I strictly discipline my body and make it a slave. So that after I have preached the gospel uh, to others, I myself will not, will, will not somehow be disqualified as unfit for service. The message says it this way. I, do, I don't know about you. But I'm running hard for the finish line. I'm giving it everything I've got. No sloppy living for me. I'm staying alert and in top condition. I'm not going to get caught napping. Look, telling everyone else all about it and then missing out myself. Right, so, so she says to do that, I got to be intentional. I got to be locked in. I can't just be a theorist, you know. Theorists is, <laughs> it's all talk, man, it's all talk. There's a whole lot of things that, that you're going to do. You know, like coming up with a whole lot of guys just talking about stuff. No, 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 we don't have to be theorists. We can actually live out some of this, this, some of this stuff. So how, how are we going to do this? We've got to be locked in. We've got to be intentional um, because we're trying to understand some things. And so to understand, like to really understand, one of the things I learned in school even though I was in school, I was in Newark, New Jersey. I was in the hood, but I was always intrigued by learning. Like, I just like learning stuff. And then I was a math guy. And the only reason I was a math guy because I liked figuring stuff out, you know, problem solving. You know, I just loved, like, so this is, matter of fact, no one ever had to tell me class participation when it came to math. Because I just like, yeah, I just like having the answer, you know, like. And what it was is, it, it, I didn't know now, I know now, but it triggered my design because I'm a pastor. And a part of my life is problem solving, right? But I didn't know that back then. I was just like, something would go off when you, like, uh, actually it has all the little different theorems up there in the picture, but, but uh, it, I, I was like, oh, 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 like, because I, and it really I wasn't trying to be, like, sweet or anything. I just was like, I see something. I, basically, if you could sit me down on the inside, I'd be like, hey, I can see. I can see. I see it. I see it. Like, I see the answer. Now, now that got me in trouble when I got in college when I first took calculus because in, in high school when I, at advanced math, they would put the Pythagorean theorem on the board and, and, and you know, they would, you would go through your, your math problems. And, and those people were just intrigued that I was figuring stuff out. Well, in college... College is training you for where you're going. And it's training you as an individual problem solver to connect with other problem solvers so, so we can take care of some things. So, so no, I didn't know that. So my professor would come to me and says, uh, well, Keith, uh, I see you, you did your problem. He says, so where's your work? My response to him would be, is it right? He was like, he was like, he said, Keith, Keith, that's not what I asked you. What, let me see, I need to see your work. And, and I'm young now. You got, I'm fresh out of Newark, you know. And I was like, is it right? With almost a little edge, like, because I knew it was right. He was like, he, says, he said, Keith, but I need to see your work. I, is it right? Now, I'm looking at one view. Just being right. I've, I've solved the problem. But I wasn't looking at the big picture. Can anybody follow me? If I'm at, if I, if, if I, if I would have grown into to have to end up in NASA, I've built a machine, but it has to connect to the other people that have their building stuff too. But how are they gonna connect their work to my work if you can't see it? They don't even know how I got to this, my conclusion. But once they see my path, they can connect their path to my path, and their path to this path, and this path. We done created a rocket. I'm not talking about rockets right now. <laughs> I just use that as an example. See, so we're so in our own head and in our own world trying to prove we can do it on our own, we don't realize God set the members in the body as it pleases him. He's designed us to need each other and to work together. And so now we have to be vulnerable and transparent. We have to understand how to harmonize with each other. 
And so, so the thing is, is it worth it to you to understand what I'm talking about so we can flow together? See, see, for me and my wife, it's just worth it to us to understand so we can flow together. It's just worth it. Well, I, if we got to be here four hours. We're going to talk until we understand. Now, now, that got on her nerves when we first got together because she'd be like, <laughs> like, listen, dude, 15 minutes of this conversation, I'm done. You trying to talk for the next three, four hours. Listen, I done shut down three hours and 45 minutes ago. So you really been talking to yourself for three hours and 45 minutes. Thinking you going to get in. You ain't getting in. I done shut down. <laughs> and at the time, listen, you ain't even worth me trying to understand. It's just too much stuff. She said she's waiting for me to stop talking. So she could talk. But I have the mic, so you can't be just interjecting in the service like that. Nah, it's true, it's true. So, because you got two, two type A personalities right here, you know what I'm saying? So you can imagine, we both were going at it in the early days, you know. But what we, what we decided to do was stop to understand each other. See, what we, what we decided to do is, okay, I know what I know. That's not the issue. If, 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 if the whole conversation is about what I know, I'm still where I was before. But if I opened up to what she knew, now I have additional information that I did not have. That means I actually can advance. I, um, I, I have something else that can create a momentum for us. But if I just spend all my time in, as long as you know what I know and you flow like I do, we good. But I'm, I'm going to stop right there because I already know what I know. The challenge is I need to find out what I don't know. Right? Not just me. It's not just me. Don't be looking over here at me like, yeah, you do. You need to find out what you don't know. We need to be finding out what we don't know. Not spending a lot of effort trying to prove what we do. So we have to uh, recalibrate our minds, okay, to do this. We have to recalibrate our minds. You know, of course, we, our two foundational scriptures is Romans 12, 2, be transformed by the renewing of your mind, right? Don't be conformed to this world, but be transformed, not conformed, transformed, not conformed, transformed, evolving, exp opening yourself up. And then um, Ephesians uh, 4.23, be renewed in the spirit of your mind. So not just renew your mind, your conscious, your mental ascent, where you agree, but remove, uh, renew your subconscious, your default. That's what you do without thinking about it. Your default is what you do without thinking about it. And sometimes it's hard because... You don't mean to do it. <laughs> it's just a default. Right? You don't mean to. You just, you've always been doing it. And then when somebody challenges you, I know in the early days we'd be challenging each other to change. And then we, we, we both had a caveat. Okay, now, if I do what I did before, don't give me a hard time because well, what we were saying is, I don't know if I'm going to be able to do this. And I don't want you to hold me to it because I've been doing what I've been doing for so long. I can't guarantee this new thing is going to take, <laughs> right? You know, in the early years, right? But the thing is, we have to open ourselves up to change that default. That default has been getting us in trouble, right? And, and, and we, we look at the default as just the gospel, but I'm here to tell you it's not the gospel. It's just a worldview, <laughs> right? It's not the gospel. It's, it's subject to change just like everything else in this world. All right, so let's go to Isaiah 26. Isaiah 26. Isaiah 26, verse 3. Again, the King James Version. It says, uh, Thou will keep him in perfect, complete, matured, perfect peace whose mind is stayed on thee because he trusted in thee. So when we trust in God and we keep our mind stayed on him or locked into him, we're going to increase our understanding. The scripture says we're changed into his image day by day from glory to glory. 2 Corinthians 3.18. But Isaiah 26.3 is saying if we keep our minds stayed on him. Now we talked about this last week. The world is set up to keep us, to pull us out of the presence of God. I know we talked about this on Sunday. But to keep our mind off of God. I mean for us to fit in without thinking about it. Actually that's the message version of, uh, of uh, Romans 12.2. It says don't fit into the world without thinking about it. Right, don't just don't just easily. Uh, I'm jumping ahead. I'll, I'll get into get into that 
the, the, the manipulation of this world a second. All right, so we want to keep our mind stayed on him. So that's our, our uh, that's where we lock in at. I'm going to lock in to God, and I'm going to play off of God. Seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, all things to be added on it, added unto you. Matthew 6.33. Set your affections on things above in Colossians, right? And then Joshua 1.8 tells us, hey, meditate on the word day and night. I, uh, it says, and do all that's written therein, there inside the word. Then shall you make your way prosperous. Then shall you have good success. So it's telling you meditate day and night. And uh, you start to study out our culture. That's how people lived. So what they did was they had devotion at the house early in the morning before they went out to school. When they got to school, guess what they had? They had devotion. While they was in school, you go back to even 1914. Guess what they studied? They studied the word. Yes, they studied English and math and history, but they studied the word too. And then when they got home, guess what they did? They had devotion. Yes, they, 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 they had fun, they played, they, they ran, they jumped and stuff like that, but they had devotion in the morning, seek ye first the kingdom of God, they had devotion at school, they played off of the word as a part of their curriculum, they had devotions when they came home, they enjoyed themselves and stuff like that. Well, you didn't have, they didn't have to have a, a, a uh, uh, whether you're going to have sex outside of marriage or different things like that. They, they, they wasn't even getting into all that stuff because they was playing off of what? God. See, they set their mind on God. Now, you know, you, you, they, 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 somebody said, uh, the Constitution says uh, separation of church and state. It's not what the Constitution says, actually. You've got to read the Constitution when you get a chance. You know, Thomas Jefferson wrote a letter that said there should be separation of church and state, but the, the, the letter was so that the state wouldn't control the church, not so the church wouldn't control the state. <laughs> so now they inflicted it. Hey, separation of church and state, and they use it to say, uh, okay, you shouldn't, do, uh, you shouldn't do this here, you shouldn't have Christ here, you shouldn't have Christ here. But that wasn't the purpose of the letter. The purpose of the letter is so you wouldn't stop well, they call it religious freedom. You know, religion means fence. But you can just talk about Christ. You can keep your mind stayed on him wherever you were. But they didn't write it as a control mechanism. They write it because they was like, this is, matter of fact, this is a no-brainer. This is what's going to make us fulfilled, successful, and prosperous. If that makes sense? All right, so, so, so again, meditating on the word day and night. Philippians 4, let you uh, read it for yourself when you have time. 4, 7 says, uh, the peace of God was a passive all understanding shall guard your heart and your mind. So if you have this peace, it's beyond understanding. It will keep your mind regulated. Is important. Then he tells us in uh, verse 8, Philippians 4, 7 and 8. Verse 8, he says, think on these things. See, so, so it's saying calibrate your mind. Think on things that are just, things that are pure, things that are lovely. Not betrayals. Don't think on those things. Not misunderstandings. Don't think on those things. Not mistakes. Please don't think on those things. Not worst case scenarios. Don't think on those things. Now, now, now you're saying, well, well, it tells us what to think on, but it didn't say don't think on uh, those other things. Yes, it did. In, in verse 6, it says, uh, be careful, full of care for nothing. Another version says, be anxious for nothing. Be worried for nothing. Because when that worry, that anxiousness or those cares infiltrate your mind, it'll, it'll douse or it'll evaporate that word that's creating a faith for you to keep moving forward. Now, the Bible says the cares of the world, the deceitfulness of riches, and the lust of other things enter in and choke the word. And the word becometh unfruitful. The word is coming into your life to produce what's going to fulfill you, not to come in and be choked up and, and, and evaporated by worries and cares. That's, that's Mark chapter 4. All right, so here we, we, we don't want to be uh, careful for nothing, and then, but sometimes cares are introduced to us. Uh, Philipp, uh, First Peter 5 says, uh, for us to cast our cares on him, for he cares for you always. First Peter 5, I believe, is verse 7. So, so cares are not designed to be carried. They're supposed to be cast. They're not designed to be carried. They're supposed to be cast. So when a care comes up, um, there's another scripture in the Bible. I'm, I'm the scripture guy. You 
probably figured that out by now. But Second uh, Corinthians 10, 5. It says, casting down all imaginations. Remember, in your, in, your, in your soul is your mind, your will, your emotion, and your, your imaginations. So it says, casting down all imagination and every high thing, every high thought, we could say, that exalted itself, raises itself, it says, exalted itself against the knowledge of God. So, 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 that, so when the worries and the cares actually supersede what God says, it says, you have to cast down that. It said, and then the scripture says, bringing it into captivity to the obedience of Christ Jesus. So we cast down those thoughts or we cast those thoughts. We don't carry those thoughts. That is dangerous, right? First uh, Peter 5, 7 and Second uh, Corinthians 10, 5. And this is what's happening in our life. We're trying to understand. It's kind of hard to understand the things that God is trying to get in our lives and in the, in the path he's trying to give us when we're flooded with all these cares and concerns. It's overwhelming. Uh, I mean, you know, uh, in, in this culture, in this country, people rarely sleep. People are up all night. Then they get to a point where they're up so late they don't know what to do, so they turn on the TV, which you're going to watch a bunch of cares. Cares and a bunch of things to buy late at night. <laughs> right? <laughs> uh, some some good items and some very bad things, uh, but but what I'm saying is so 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 now now somebody's flooding more things for you to weigh on, um, to weigh you down. He's trying to steal your peace. Uh, I know of a person uh, some, a long long time ago that used to go to sleep on a. a on the news and what's that show? Uh, Most Wanted. John Brown was discovered in San Bernardino, California. A lot of things happened in San Bernardino, California back then. <laughs> yeah, John Brown discovered in San Bernardino. He was last seen at. I'm like, we can't. You can't go to sleep with that stuff on. And then it'd be like, well, you don't want to go here because this might happen. Well, it did happen on Most Wanted, <laughs> right? So you 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 want to watch that or or you know the horror movies, you know you're gonna be worried. I mean, listen, horror, you know. So all these those things aren't designed to keep you in peace and have you sleep well. I, I know messing up all, all 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 the things that the flesh loves. All right. So this is the thing. Uh, Pastor Mel made this comment a while ago. Um, one of her teachings, um, she was like, "Are we even trying to know?" Like, do we really want to know? Do we really want the answers? Do we really want to change? Um, and the thing is, to really know, you got to open yourself up to a whole new way, a new, a new paradigm shift. And I get it. In this culture, we talked about it last week. We took away some of those excuses. Uh, uh, everybody has a short attention span. So this is what they tell preachers. They tell preachers, hurry up and give, you know, just give you like a quick, uh, uh, what do you call it, a sermonette, quick 15-minute sermonette. All right, so let's, let's step back because the goal is to understand. And we said we're going to take this week and step back. So let's step back. 15-minute sermonette, right? So, you know, you know, you go to some churches, you got two and a half hours of whatever they were doing and 15 minutes of word. Now, you got to live off of 15 minutes of word for the rest of the week, right? Now, some people are cool with that because they're like, good, I couldn't sit here longer than 15 minutes listening to this truth. Now, they didn't say that. They just said, it's just taking too long because it's, it's stretching, it's challenging. I understand that. I respect that. But if this pastor, these two pastors right here, we ascribe to 15-minute sermon. So the assumption is, let's say we come in here, we, uh, Sunday services starts at 1030, got praise and worship. By the time praise and worship is finished, let's say it's finished at 11 o'clock. 11 o'clock, the word starts, and we're going to teach from 11 to 1115. Because we're out of here. we got to get out of here, right? So the assumption is everybody's mind is focused at 11 o'clock. Everybody in the building is locked in. At, like, as soon as 11 o'clock, you hear, like, like, people, mind was wandering, it was all over the place, thinking about the mistakes they made, some people thinking about, uh, am I going to pay this bill? Or some people, man, am I going to, is this, is this sickness going to get to me? You got all this stuff going on in these people's heads. And at 11 o'clock, we all, <clears throat> and we stay locked in to 11.15. Everybody in the building. Now we know that ain't true, right? Some people 
they focused all the time. Some people don't even start focusing until 11.30. So how do they get the information? How do they get the information? Because we've done it at 11.15 now. <laughs> so they, <laughs> they didn't come to church, they ain't getting nothing. <laughs> then you got something, y'all think I'm playing, some people don't kick in until 11.45. The reality is, in that hour time, or, 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 or clock for 50, but in, within 50 minutes to an hour, everybody can get something. Not just the person that's focused there from 11 to 11.15. See? Different way of looking at it, right? All right, so, so I know I messed up the whole uh, short attention span thing. And then a, attention, attention span, like we said last week, is not the color of your skin. It's not your eye color. It's not your height. These are things you can't change. Well, you can put in contacts. You, 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 you can put in contacts. But you didn't change your, 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 the reality of what your eye color really is. You know, you just, you got a front on. Yeah, you, you, you got a front on. But in terms of your skin color, I mean, okay, you can, you can do all the little pigmentations. You, you could do your, I was about, well, I would say MJ. I, you could assume what MJ means if you want to. I'll just say MJ. It could be anybody. There's a lot of MJs in the world. Marlon Jordan. You know, I mean, it's just, it could be any MJ, but you could do that, but you still haven't changed the core of who you are. You've just corrupted it or messed it up or something, or perverted it a little bit. But, you know, in your height, I don't know what you're doing with that. Maybe you put heels on or whatever, but, you know, you are what you are. You know, I used to want to be 6'5", but no, I'm not, so I had to learn how to jump. <laughs> you know, as long as I'm going to play basketball, I had to learn how to jump. So this is the thing. But attention span, that, that, that's, that's, that's not an engineer design. That's not a, no, that's something you can change at any time. You can stretch your understanding. It's just going to take some work. Remember we talked about last week? You know, it starts with the authority of the word, but then it crosses over into agony. You agonize. With, there's no way, nobody's changing when, when, okay, the authority gets your attention. Oh, man, I need this. Okay. But then the agony is, I, uh, man, but I'm used to doing it. Ah, I'm used to doing this. Man, ain't nobody trying to hear that right now. Leave me alone. Like, you know, just, you know, that's, you agonizing because your body, your flesh doesn't want to change. It wants to be comfortable. It doesn't want to do what's best. It doesn't want to walk circumspectly, redeem the time, stay focused. Your flesh just wants to be all over the place. Right? It wants to be lazy. It wants to do what it wants to do when it wants to do it. So you agonize through that. Then it becomes an appetite. It becomes a habit. This is how I roll now. But it just don't happen just because somebody talked to you about the Bible or scriptures or, or we don't use Bible scriptures. I was talking to these young men how to change it, how to shoot. And you know, well, I don't shoot that way. Okay, well, do you make 10 straight, 10 straight, three feet layups from where you are? No, go ahead. Just go ahead. Just 10 in a row. It's three feet right here by the basket. Dude couldn't make three in a row. All right, could now could we do what I was trying to show you to do? Because what I'm trying to show you to do, you'll be able to make more than ten in a row. So it was agony at first because it was a new habit, right? It was outside of a comfort zone. Ain't that right, right? You went through that training back in the day, right? It worked on it, <laughs> right? So, so, and then we we have this other little thing. Everybody's. Some people are visual learners, right? I would make the case, we're all visual learners. Just some people trust that their, their inside visuals more than the outside. We're all visual learners. Just some people, they, they can sit, I'm this guy, if you tell me something, I see it. Some people need to see it. They need you to give them a chart or, or you know, that's why we have like, you know, graphics, so, <laughs> so people get a picture for the people that need some outside stimulus. But it's kind of what you do, what you trust in the inside stimulus or the outside stimulus. But it's all we all have to see. Oh, okay, I just just thought I'd let you know. Like you know, some people are visual. We all are visual learners. All right, so I just wanted to just <laughs> clear up a couple things. All right, so what's what's affecting our understanding? Because if the 
the adversary who who we know now Satan who used to be Lucifer used to be a top guy so I'm sure he got a sneak at the plans before he got kicked out I'm not sure he got a, I mean a top guy you got to see some things you got to flow and then your worship is what moves God you and your crew that's what moves God so now you're cast out as soon as you rebel you're cast out of heaven you come to the earth realm that's why when God showed up and looked at the earth and said it was darkness and void on the earth and he said let there be light he spoke light into existence so now we know all this and then he, he said let us make man in our image and after our likeness he says and let them have dominion over the earth right let them be fruitful produce multiply increase and replenish not consume right everything that's in them can produ can produce more if they if they at least give a tenth away at least a seed because you just give a seed right don't eat the seed you ain't that's all you're gonna have is that is, is an apple or if you just eat the apples and the seeds you know the seeds aren't designed for you to eat anyway right y'all know that right you know right the, the same seeds is what they use to produce cyanide so, so, so this is what I'm saying. So God did this. Now he has man. And it says he was with man. Walking with the, on the cool of the day. So, and you're hearing about questioning. You're hearing about nothing. We're just in harmony together. All right? Gave him some instructions on how to uh, operate with, because they're wanting for nothing. Hey, just make sure that tree right there, tree of knowledge of good and evil, tree of life, stay away from those trees. But, but, the rest of the garden is yours. And, and it has everything you need. So at this point, they trust God. So, but there was a guy there, Satan. And so he has to get them. See, they were in perfect peace. Their mind was stayed on God. Right? They was in perfect peace. So he has to get them out of perfect peace. He has to get them in delusion and confusion. So his first thing is deception. Right? It's what they call in the, in, in, in the business world, or in, in our culture, uh, suggestibility. So now I got to get your attention. See, I, I got to overwhelm you to a point, I got to tempt you to a point where I draw you out of whatever you harmonize with. So it starts off with suggestibility. And then it, it crosses over into contagion. Now I got to get you to go with the flow. Let's get you to go with the flow. And but my goal is submergent to take you over. You know, I always use the example because you know um, I work with Ohio State. So in the in the horseshoe, uh, it was one hundred and five thousand people. So it's like a, a Michigan fan walking into Buckeye Stadium, a Michigan fan, and walking out a Buckeye fan. <laughs> submerged, taken over. And if you look at our lives, you know, I, I mean, I, as we grow, we, we're flowing with family, everything's growing. Then there's suggestibility, contagion, we go with the flow, and all of a sudden, family's getting on, same family, getting on our nerves. Can't stand them. What happened? See, see, we got pulled out. God was fine. Now it's, well, you know, who's to say he's God? And, and who's to say he's real? And Well, you weren't asking these questions before. Why are you asking them now? See, we ask them now because now you've been pulled into uh, all these other considerations. And, and what it's trying to do is same thing that happened in the Garden with Eve. Well, you know, um, don't you want to eat some of this? And it said she saw it. it said, she said, she said it, it was pleasant to the eyes. Right? It was good, and it could make one wise, right? So, so lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life. First, first John two. Those are all the temptations of the adversary. Lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and pride of life. And in every stage of the Bible, you'll see it. That was in the garden. You know, she saw the food, and she said, "Oh, it, it, it was Genesis, Genesis uh, three, right?" Genesis 3. Let's just look at it real quick. This is where all the this is what 
it's been causing a craziness in our life and why it's hard for us to process and understand things from the beginning here. Uh, well, verse 1, it says, Now the serpent, wa the serpent was more subtle than any, any beast of the field which the Lord God had made. And he said unto the woman, Yea, has God said, Ye shall not eat of every tree of the garden? And the woman said to the serpent, We may eat of the fruit of the trees of the garden. So now, this, this happens in our life. He said something to get her a reflex. Because he needed her words. He knows that her words were powerful. She was made in God's image and after God's likeness. He knows she was snared by the words of her mouth. And life and death was in the power of the tongue. Proverbs 6.2 and Proverbs 18.21. He already knew that. So he needed to get her words. So he said something to her, but he, he, he flipped it. He says, has God said you can eat of every tree? God never said every tree. So it goes back to the details. Listen to the details. Every tree but these two. Right? She said, no, God said we can eat every tree. So she spoke that out of her mouth. And a woman said, it's certain we may eat of the, the fruit of the trees of the garden. But the fruit of the tree which is in the midst of the garden, God has said, you shall not eat of it, neither shall you touch it, lest ye die. And, and that's the tree of, uh, tree of life. And the servant said unto the woman, you shall not surely die. For God does know that in the day that you eat thereof, your eyes shall be opened, and ye shall be as gods, knowing good and evil. When the woman saw, look, when she saw with her eyes that the tree was good for food, and that it was pleasant to the eyes, and a tree desired to make one wise. Lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life. She took the fruit thereof and did eat, and gave it to her husband, he did eat. And the eyes of them were both open, and they knew that they were naked and saw the fig trees to get so fig trees together made themselves aprons. Alright. So now before that, if you read in the Bible, it says that they they were naked and unashamed. So they wasn't focused on their nakedness, they was focused on God. After they ate of the tree, their attention went off of God and on themselves. And it says they knew that they were naked. Right? But after they ate of the tree, the knowledge of good and evil. And you say to yourself, Well, why was that bad? Well, before they ate of that tree, evil wasn't an option. And before they ate of that tree, there was no reasoning. Everything was what we try to say in our culture, which is not true. Everything was all good. Once they ate of the tree, now evil or, or rebellion or questioning or reasoning to do the wrong thing is a consideration. Now it's going to affect our understanding because we're we're exposing ourselves to worst case scenarios. We're exposing ourselves to all these other considerations that can confuse our mind. And the thing is, the thing about um, paralyzing somebody, you got to get them to analyze first. You know, I've learned this years ago, an, an, analyst leads to paralysis. You know, you, you're so busy, what about this, what about this, what about this, you ain't doing nothing. You know, how many times we sit on our bed for like 45 minutes without doing a thing? Right, so, so this is the thing, this, this is the, but it was the lust of the eyes, the lust of the flesh, the pride of life. Even in the, the Bible when it says when you get the word, it says the, you know, the word is sown and Satan steals immediately. This is Proverbs, I mean Mark chapter 4. It says then some is, uh, is on stony ground, right? Then it says uh, uh, some of the word gets in, uh, it, it enters in, and so, so, so a person receives it, it enters in, it says, but then the lust of the, uh, the lust of, uh, no, it says, the cares of the world, the deceitfulness of riches, and the lust of other things enter in and choke the world. Well, that's the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and pride of life. First, Corinthians, First John 2 says, those are Satan's tricks. Same tricks from the garden, Old Testament, New Testament, uh, uh, now, he's, he's been trying the same, it's the same deceptions. Lust of the flesh, lust of the eyes, and the pride of life. Those are the things that's been crippling us for years, but those are the things that's getting in affecting our understanding. Because if you could see, if you can understand, listen, it's very hard to drive and accelerate on a cloudy day. When, it, when the fog is really thick, you, if you've ever been in a thick, thick fog, you can't move. Like you're sitting there going, I don't, you're, you're so uncertain. You, you, ah, I don't know if I should drive. Like, I don't know if I'm going to hit something. Well, the Bible says, now we're looking through a glass darkly. 
but then face to face. It says, it says now we know in part, but then we'll know even as we're known by God. It says, uh, the Amplifier says, we're looking in life as a riddle or an enigma. Like, like, like it's not all clear. It says, but then when you, you embrace the reality of life, it says, then you see clearly. You see face to face. I see. And when you see, you, you accelerate. When you're in purpose, when you're in your fit, when you're in your design, when you're doing what you're supposed to do, you move, you accelerate. There's a peace with that. When you're all over the place, you're paralyzed. You're like in a fog. Now, that's a part of life because we've been born in this sinful world. Uh, in uh, Psalm 5, you're born in sin and shape and iniquity, so it is supposed to be somewhat clouded, but God has given us this word. Psalm 119, 130, the entrance of the word bringeth light. It gives understanding to the simple. If it gives understanding to the simple, it can give understanding to all of us. The more word we get, the more light we get, the more we're illuminating our mind, the clearer we see, and the more we accelerate and fulfill our purpose in life. The less word we get, the more clouded we get, and the more we confuse. But that don't mean we ain't talking like we know what we're talking about. We're we going to talk a good game. Listen, I'm going to tell you, at every stage of my life, uh, and I'm sure some of y'all won't be surprised when I make this statement. I've been a talker. Now, now, some people didn't, the people I, when I was raised with foster parents, they didn't know I was a talker because I didn't say much. I talked to the mirror in the bathroom. You know what I'm saying? But I never said nothing to them. You know, I, I did a whole lot of curse words to that mirror, though. Right? And then, uh, so, so, as far as if you would have interviewed them my entire 17 years with them, they would have said, well, you know, he don't really talk too much. Then my last year, they was like, I don't know what's wrong with him. He's talking. But I, I had reached my limits. So I was snapping and all types of stuff. Right? But my friends in school, oh, they be like, oh, this dude's a clown, man. He's, I, I used to take up half of the class cracking jokes. Like the whole teacher would let me because she was tired from the night before. Let me crack jokes for the half. She's like, okay, Keith, that's enough. And then we would start our class. What am I trying to say? Like I've always been a, a communicator and a talker, but this is the thing, like, I don't know what I was talking about. I'm just being like, I don't know what I was talking about in high school. And even when I decided to become positive, you know when you make that positive move? When I decided to come positive, and I was, I called myself helping people. I was working with juveniles in upstate New York. And, and, and guys just said, man, I love talking to you. I'm going to tell you right now, I have no idea what I was telling them. But it was like, oh man, you know, I just love. And then when I stopped getting high, they was like, man, you just messing up our high. So it was, so obviously I was saying something positive, but I have no clue what I was telling them. It was just motivations. It was just sounding good. It was theories. Like I wasn't living none of that stuff. <laughs> it was just theories. But, but, interest of the word brought light. Gave me some understanding. Like I ain't just talking. <laughs> I'm not a theorist anymore. Okay, all right. So hopefully some of you are not theorists either. <laughs> All right, so, so, so we said uh, you have this level of uh, deception. And then, of course, he tried to, he tries to, the adversary tries to create confusion. Now, the deception is F-E-A-R, false evidence appearing real. So I'm trying, hey, if you, if you knew you were being deceived, they wouldn't call it deception. <laughs> like most of us has been deceived or are being deceived, don't know. That's why they call it deception. You don't know. Guess what? Deception looks like, feels like the right thing. Otherwise, it can't deceive you. I told you, I used me. I put me on the line. I've been played plenty of times. As much as I think I know stuff, you know, look, I'm from, uh, I'm from the hood, you know, so you must you think you're streetwise and all that stuff. Man, I've been played. Like, and I remember one person played me, they weren't even streetwise. Like, they weren't close to no, no way streetwise. Somebody out there in video land, you know who I'm talking about. Me and my boys is talking, one more, my partner's talking about, he's like, man, you know what really got me? This dude ain't even streetwise, man, he got us. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? How we get played? Because you can get played by anybody, right? Right? That's why they call it deception. The thing is, are you accepting responsibility for your deception, cutting your losses, and moving into the truth? Or are you trying to fix it? You know what fix it is. Well, I didn't really make a mistake if it works out. And so you you still in it though, right? <laughs> you ain't cut your losses. Right? 
Okay, all right. Just just a perspective. So you got the you got the deception stage, then you got the confusion stage, or what we would call doubt. The scripture says in James chapter one, a double minded man is unstable in all his ways. Right? It's, 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 it's teetering back and forth. The scripture says, let's go to Mark eleven. Mark eleven, I'll give you this one. This is scripture changed my life. I'm the type of person because I grew up not trusting nobody. So when I start reading this word, I start testing it. So if I read a scripture, I'm like, let me see if this works. Seriously. So, so when I'm teaching the word, I'm not teaching it because somebody said I'm supposed to. I'm teaching it because it works. Like I tested it. All of it. I, so, so this one was, is one that I had to test. Uh, Mark 11, verse 22, it says, Jesus answered and said, have faith in God. And this is after he cursed the fig tree. They came back and the fig tree had withered. And so his disciples like, Master, look, what you said to the fig tree happened. He stopped them. He said, no, 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 no. Don't have faith in me. Have faith in the source where I pulled that from. Have faith in God. Verse 23, for verily I say unto you. So he's saying, like, you, you tripping on me, you could do the same thing. He said that, that whosoever shall say unto this mountain, be thou removed and be thou cast into the sea. Look, look, this is the key. And shall not doubt in his heart. Be double-minded, but shall believe those things which he saith shall come to pass. He shall have whatsoever he saith. Therefore, I say unto you, whatsoever things you desire, when you pray, believe that you receive them, and you shall have them. He said, if you don't doubt in your heart. If, you don't, if you're not double-minded. See, that's the thing. The adversary has to get us to doubt. Once he gets us to doubt, that's, that evaporates that faith. That creates confusion. Look. Peter, uh, 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 Jesus sent the disciples out. He says, he said, let's go to the other side. So he sent them out. They got in the boat, down the water. Jesus didn't get on the boat. Jesus went and prayed. So he's praying to the Father. Why are you talking to the Father? The Father's like, man, I really appreciate us having this conversation today. But you know, your boy's out there tripping on the water thinking they're going to drown. He said, because there's a storm. You might, might want to go out there, like, immediately. Right. He was like, hey, he says, you immediately? So, so Jesus, in his compassion for his, his fellow man, he just goes. Like, he's not thinking about circumstances or nothing. He just goes. So he goes out on the water. They, they, all the boats had left. <laughs> so Jesus comes on, the, on walking on the water, and the disciples like, hey, it's a ghost, man, it's a ghost. And, and Jesus like, no, 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 it's just me. So Peter's like, now Peter has shifted from it's a ghost to it's you, and you walking on water. Hold on, hold on, hold on. Okay, tell you what. If this is true, then, then bid me to come out on the water. I've been listening to you. Uh, what? A greater works than you do, we should do. So then let me come out. So Peter, he said, well, come on. <laughs> so Peter comes out, walks on the water. Then the storm starts shaking and rocking, because that's the adversary do, right? He's trying to get you off of, get you, get you to worry, get you to doubt. When the storm starts shaking and rocking, Peter looked at the storms, and started to, to fear that he was going to drown. He started to sing. Master! So Jesus grabbed him up, and the first thing he says, why did you doubt? You're on the water. I told you to come. You got everything you need for a miracle. And then read the rest of the scripture. It says they walked back into the boat. So, so he did it twice. You read, read for yourself. Just don't, don't take my words. Just read for yourself. This is Matthew 14. Right? You walk right back into the boat. Well, but see, it was the doubt. He only sank when he had doubt. When he, when, he, when he looked at the circumstances, thought the circumstances was bigger than God's ability to keep him up on that water. What Christ said wasn't, wasn't good enough. The circumstances, he magnified bigger than what the God said. All right? You got that? All right, so we got it. You got to, don't let that doubt. So, so again, we go through this suggestibility, and that's the deception. We go through the confusion and the doubt, right? And then, you know, we get caught up in the contagion going with the flow. And a lot of times um, when we're dependent on our own understanding, you know, without a need for God's daily guidance. The scripture tells us to lean not to our own understanding. We talked about that the other week in uh, so Proverbs 3, 5, and 6. Trust in the Lord with all thy heart. Lean not to thy own understanding. And all thy ways acknowledge him, and he shall direct thy path. What's been getting us in trouble is not 
the devil and all types of people is our own understanding. Because James chapter 1, we've been deceiving ourselves. 2 Timothy 2, we've been opposing our own selves. That's the, that's the devil's trick to get you to uh, come against yourself. Remember the prodigal son that said he had to come to himself because he, had, he, had, he was opposing his own self. So then what happens is after we get into this deception and we, get, we start going with the flow, well, most people are going to say, start, start to hold you accountable. So I, I use, uh, haven't used them in a long time, but son, you know, every once in a while I use my son as an example. Um, and this is way back, you know, my son's 41 now, but way back in the early days. So my son had a great pattern. Like all the people at church was like, we want our child to be like yours, right? And so, so he, it's, you know, he's going in his basketball game. He's becoming a, a, a all everything in basketball. So he meets his young lady. And we noticed something. His pattern changed. My son used to come home every day, let us know what he was doing, and go work out. Every day. Like, you know, we didn't go... You better come home. We ain't had to tell him. Hey, hey, going to the gym, going to play ball. You know, our house was two minutes from the, from the uh, high school. Hey, I'm going to do this. I'm going to do that. Then he got his license. Got his license. He never even, we, I don't, we never even established rules. He just was taking the car. Oh, this guy, it's a great kid. Hey, see you when you get back. You know what I mean? That's kind of how he's flowing. And then uh, his pattern changed. Then he, he wasn't coming home letting us know he was coming home or what he was doing. So, so we didn't change, right? His pattern changed. When your pattern changed, it draws attention to you. So when the pattern changed, no, no, we wasn't the evil parents. We just like, something's different. Then we notice he's with a young lady. So there's something different, right? He was on a track for some greatness and the pattern changed right so so when we talk to him the first response can be hey you know I know my pattern changed this is a little different for me I don't know what this is I'm feeling different I'm flowing different and you know I'm, I mean, I'm kind of off my game a little bit that's not what he said no it's kind of like what's wrong with y'all why are you questioning me what kind of parents are y'all we the same parents that was flowing before with your pattern change. Yeah, that's what I told him. I said, son, when your pattern changes, it draws attention. Now, what happens normally is when we're in, in God, we'll sit down and say, hey, this is, this is tough. I don't know what this is. Can we walk through this? This is a new place for me. I'm, I'm, I have a girlfriend now. I, I have popularity now. Yeah, I'm looking at Yeah, I have popularity now. All right, so, so and what we do is, so what happens is when we're in God, we, we can flow through things a lot better. When we're outside of God, we're tempted to um, um, excuse it. Like we don't want the accountability or responsibility. So now we get defensive. Remember Adam and Eve. The first thing when God came to him, he says, where are you? His pattern changed. This started way back in the garden. This pattern changed. This guy said, where are you? He, 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 uh, well, you know, uh, uh, I, I realized I was naked, and we hid ourselves. He said, you ate that tree, didn't you? The woman you gave me. See, he said he didn't, he didn't want to embrace the accountability or responsibility. At that point, with humility and, and, and brokenness, he's going to get another level of understanding of how to navigate through a new place in his life. But because he, he didn't accept the accountability and responsibility, now he's going to go deeper into deception and deeper into sin. So, so that's what happens. We, we go into, um, we go into uh, not the blame game, you know, stripping ourselves from accountability and responsibility, right? And then we do something very dangerous. We question God's integrity. Like he was trying to keep something away from us. Think about the people that love you in your life, all your life, and all of a sudden you trust, you, you're questioning them. They've been loving you all your life just because. I remember telling my son, I said, uh, your mama was changing your diaper uh, and, and cleaning up your mess before you was going to do anything. Just because. 
But now this is the person that you question it? But you trust in people that you don't know that's never, they didn't, they didn't humiliate themselves for you. <laughs> they embarrassed themselves for you. But they, they did, your mama loves you because of you, who you are, no matter what. Trust me, son, I'm saying this right now. <laughs> if you didn't don't realize this, trust me, I know this. I know this for a fact, <laughs> right? So that's somebody, so God loves us because of who we are. All, all these other situations in our life, we have to meet conditions. And those other situations are trying to pull us out of God's presence so we lose our ability to understand and see. And now we lose our ability to keep our momentum in our life. 